This is our fifth episode, and we are a podcast all about practical fashion tips for the everyday woman. And our hope is to help you to look your best and feel your best so that you can do whatever it is that you do, being a mother, a professional, a grandma, a student, and do it well. Um, We are happy to be here. I'm Krista. And I'm Nicole. And today we are starting out with something a little bit different. This is um, uh, thanks to our listener, Emily, who came up with this great idea. So uh, what we're going to be doing is starting each episode now with a five-minute fashion tip. <laughs> so our first fashion tip, um, and it's just going to be something, just some like whatever, a trend that's come up that we, you know, we're sort of aware of since the last podcast or something that we've been trying out that's been working out for us personally. So um, mine today is less of a fashion tip and more of sort of a beauty tip. Um, I, uh, and my tip is on lipstick. So I'm always on the hunt for a really good lipstick. Uh, I'm a big fan of the no makeup makeup look where it's just about kind of enhancing your, what you, what God gave you and just making you look a little bit better, a little bit more bright, a little, your eyes more defined but all very natural. Uh, so I'm always collecting nude lipsticks. And nude is a great color for just giving your face a little bit of color. Uh, and especially if I'm wearing something bright, I can just wear the nude on its own and it looks great. Um, but if I'm wearing black or I'm wearing a navy blue, which is something that I wear most of the time, um, I, I find that just the nude tends to make me look a little bit more washed out. So I need something with a little bit more brightness to it. So um, just this past week, I've started, I also, I'm a big fan of, of bright pinks, even though I don't wear them very often. I think a lot of people wear red. I have a really hard time with red. So I tend to favor more um, kind of a dramatic pink look because I think it's a little bit softer than a red. Um, so I have these bright reds that I don't tend to wear a whole heck of a lot. But uh, I've just recently started doing this thing where I'll, I'll wear the nude lipstick and then I have these, um, it's not so much of a lip liner or even a lipstick, it's more like a moisturizing lip crayon. Mm-hmm. And I'll use that to line my lips in the bright pink and then I'll just kind of rub it in with the tip of my finger. So I really like that because it, first of all, it's moisturizing my lips, my lips are almost always dry and it drives me crazy. Um, but it's also just adding a little bit more color to my lips than just the nude. Um, and if you follow us on Instagram, I'm going to be putting up pictures of my new favorite nude lipstick and, um, and pictures of this moisturizing crayon thing that I, I really like a lot. So that's my five minute fashion tip for today. That's great. That's, that's great. I love that. Um, I too love a little bit of lip color, but not too much. So, um, I think that's a really great tip. Um, okay. So our topic today is something that's a little bit different, um, and, Maybe a little hard to talk about, but um, I think it's super important. Um, today we're going to be talking about body image and um, positive and negative body image. And um, we decided to do this because this is really a timeless issue for women um, across the board. You know, whether you're 50 or you're 15 or you're 25, I mean, we all struggle with negative body image from time to time and areas of our body that we wish we're different and we are women and we, that's just comes naturally to us, I think. So, um, we want to talk about that today and, um, tips for helping you to have more positive body image. And also a big part of this is, um, 
for all of you women out there who have young daughters and teenage daughters who I'm sure will struggle with this from time to time. And our hope is to help you, to help them, to have a more positive outlook on their their own body image. So um, with that, I want to start off with, um, this is especially um, important to me because I, um, in my past, I'm, I'm 39 now, but and when I was in high school and in college, I struggled with a very severe eating disorder. And I want to talk about this because um, I know that not everybody struggles with an eating disorder to that extreme, but I think it's important that we are aware of where that line can be crossed with young girls and, um, and you know, help them to navigate the waters of their own negative experiences with their own body and help them to not cross over that line and not um, take it to another level. So um, anyways, I'm just going to give you a little bit of background. So um, when I was in high school, I became a runner. And before that, I can remember all the way back to like seventh grade that I really started feeling uncomfortable in my body. I just remember this very clear feeling of like being just really queasy and uncomfortable in my own skin and feeling like there was something wrong with my body and I didn't feel good and I looked different from other girls and almost having a distorted view of my own self. And um, that carried over until, you know, the next two years. And, and when I started high school, I started getting really into exercise. And um, I started running because I could do that easily. I didn't have to um, go to a gym or anything like that. I could just go put my shoes on and go out and run. And it felt really good. And it was really good for my body. But um, I started to do it every single day. Um, and then I discovered that there was a sport for running. So I started cross country and I was actually really good at cross country. And um, I was very determined and had a lot of self-discipline because it was also wrapped up in the fact that I wanted to be skinny. So, um, I, with that, I also started, um, restricting calories and being very careful about what I ate and not wanting to eat what my mom made for dinner and, um, pretending to eat, but not really eating and that kind of thing. Um, and it really spiraled into this vicious cycle that would really take over my life for the next eight years and um, of a, just a fear of food in general and an obsession with exercise. And um, so I, my life was very wrapped up in that. It was very um, one-dimensional focus, and I could barely do my schoolwork. I, could, I, I had friends, but I, above anything, the important thing in my life was to exercise and restrict calories at all times. So it made my, my world very small. And I also didn't have anything else to focus my time on, so um, that made it easier for me to just just be obsessed with that. And um, so um, after high school, I went on to run in college. I got a scholarship, and I it was my first time living on my own, like in a dorm, so it even got worse there. And um, I did very well in running, but it was this vicious cycle again of um, restricting calories and making sure I ran enough and I would always run even when the season was over. So 
I um, just sort of spiraled down further and further into this hole. And eventually I hit rock bottom and I happened to be at a Catholic school and I wasn't Catholic. And I really think that God put me in that place in order to find the church because I hit rock bottom at a time when I was in a place where all around me was opportunities to be involved in the Catholic church. And, um, I just remember this is sort of fast forwarding the story, but going into the church after I had been on my second two hour run for the day and just feeling like I was completely controlled by my eating disorder and my life was not my own. And just hopeless and falling on my knees in the church and just crying and saying, I want you to take this from me. And I want to, I want to choose life. I want to live what you want me to do. I want to live the life you want me to live. And this is not living. And, um, I think that was really when I started to convert and, you know, on, on my own and my path towards becoming Catholic. But I think that this is, I mean, obviously I'm not a professional, but I really do think that most eating disorders or addictions of any kind stem from not having a relationship with God and really a strong foundation in trusting in God's will for you and trusting that God is the ultimate higher power. And I think that's where the 12 step programs really have success is that people who go to them end up, you know, having to realize that you can't do life on your own. You have to rely on a power greater than yourselves. And hopefully ultimately that will lead to lead people to the truth of, you know, the true full faith of the Catholic Church. But it is, I think, that having an addiction comes from not having that void is not filled by God. And um, so I, so that was really the starting point for me to get help is where I hit rock bottom and I needed to. So I had, you know, this, this fire burning inside me to fill with the Catholic Church. And so that was beginning, but I also then, um, my dad helped me to get into a a full-time program um, that was in San Francisco where I went to school. And it was an outpatient program, so I would go um, five times a week at different times of the day and then also come back and do my schoolwork. So it was a a sort of a tricky time, but it was also a really great time because I um, was finding a lot of healing and um, it was really a turning point in, in my life towards, um, you know, a a really more full, um, life that wasn't focused just on myself and just on this really, uh, in a way, um, a slow dying of self. I mean, myself, I was, I was so focused on not eating and exercising that I was slowly sort of dying in a way. Um, so it was really, um, a turning point for me and I'm really grateful for that time. And it was, you know, it took, even after the program was over, I did it for a year. It took, you know, several years for me to really, really be fully recovered in a way that would seem really normal to other people. But, um, you know, God really answered my prayers and I always prayed, like, I just want to live a full life. I want to be able to get married and have children and not have this be a focus in my life anymore. I want to do other things. And, he absolutely did that for me. Um, you know, I'm married and I have seven children and I would have never thought that that would be possible at that time. So, um, the reason I wanted to talk about this is just because, um, you know, it, it is a really prevalent thing in our world today. I mean, um, 
negative body image is everywhere for for young girls um, and it's just so much pressure to fit into a certain mold and I think it's our responsibility as parents to really teach our children that especially our young girls that their worth is not defined by someone else's view of how they look and their worth is inherent in their that they're daughters of God and their body is a temple of the Holy of the Spirit, and it should be treated like that at all times. And I think if we can teach them this from a very young age, and that you know, you you need to really um, treat your body well and not um, damage it in any way, and that includes starving yourself and all of these things, that we can avoid some of those negative behaviors. Mm-hmm. So. I know that's a more extreme version of body image, but I wanted to share that um, with all of you. And, you know, hopefully if you see your daughters having some of these negative behaviors that you can kind of steer them in a different direction before it it gets too bad. Um, First of all, I just want to say, Krista, I had no idea that, I mean, I know you had mentioned the other day that he wanted to talk about this because it did hit home so much for you and that this was something that you had struggled with but I had no idea that it had been so um so intense and so I just really appreciate you being open to sharing this um but as a mother with daughters I guess my my first question would be um what because you said it started in seventh grade and that's just so sad to think you know seventh grade is like 12 years old yeah um Mm -hmm. to think of little 12 year old girls you know struggling with this and I know that that is it's not unusual. I mean, doing research for this, I know um, statistically 53% of 12-year-old girls already don't like their bodies. And that they are yeah. thinking about that at that age even is so shocking to me. Um, yeah. But what would you say were um, some warning signs that you're maybe things that as a mother, if you saw these behaviors, like things that you were doing that maybe we as mothers could be kind of on the lookout for? Warning signs. Yeah, well, um, I mean, first of all, I, I was very, it was very clear that I didn't want to eat food. Like I, I would try and just like if at dinner time I would sort of move my food around the plate and not eat it, uh, or I'd say I had already eaten, or um, you know, I, I also early on in high school became very obsessed with working out, and I know that my mother saw, you know, that I would. Um, if I wasn't able to work out for some reason, I would just lose it. I would be completely upset and mad and basically throw a temper tantrum kind of thing if I wasn't able to go running that day or, I mean, or how, if some, how old someone were you was trying to make point? me do something that I didn't want to do instead of working out. How old were you at that point? Um, I was like, you know, 15. Okay. Um, and so... You know, that, that's definitely a warning sign if it's, like, become an obsession, like, where it, it takes priority over everything. Um, and, you know, it is becoming a thing earlier and earlier on. A statistic I read is that um, now, in the last 10 years, um, the rate of, of girls under 12 being admitted to hospitals for eating disorders has, has gone up 119%. So Yikes. it's starting, like, earlier and earlier. Um, so... You know, I think that um, also just, you know, an obsession with um, getting ready in the morning or 
having to look a certain way every single day, like taking too much time or changing your clothes several times before you go to church. Like just, um, I would do that a lot. Like just if I didn't feel good in my clothes, everybody knew it in my family. Like I was just, I was just upset. And, um, but there is a lot, unfortunately with this kind of thing, there is a lot of isolation too, and sort of hiding and not, you know, always being transparent about all the stuff that's going on. So it's, it's important to just be aware and really aware of, of your daughters and what they're doing and talk to them. But I do have some tips just based on my experience, um, for, for moms, I think to help their daughters just to, um, grow in a positive way with body image. Um, I mean, I'm not a professional, but I, based on my experience, I think these tips are, uh, would, would really change the projector, the projective of, um, where bad body image could go. Okay. So, um, so one thing is, I think, you know, never talk about calories with your daughter. It's just really important to not have that be something that's even in their minds as something to worry about or talk about or think about. Um, really just food should be energy and food should. Sorry, technical difficulties there for a second. Um, okay, Krista, so you were starting to talk about tips. Yes. So the calories, um, one was just, you know, don't have that be a thing that you talk about with your daughter. And if, right. you know, if you hear your ta- daughter talking about calories and like how many calories are in this and that, just, just really try and steer her away from that. Like it's not important. Right. Um, just, you know, eating for energy is what it's all about. Yeah. Um, in our, thing, in our house, I know, I, sorry to interrupt you really quick. Oh, I just yeah, want to say in our house, um, cause I have, I have two girls, I have a 16 year old and a 19 year old and, um, we're really, I'm always, I, I've never struggled with an eating disorder the way that you were talking about, but, um, I, I'm, I feel like I'm kind of constantly on a diet, but I've always tried to keep that away from the kids. Um, so I'm always kind of aware of what I'm eating, but I, I try to emphasize with the kids, um, more of a, a sense of, of health, um, mm-hmm. and eating things that are healthy. So I think as opposed to talking about calories and being really obvious about like thinking that you're as a mother modeling, like, Oh, I'm too fat. I'm too fat or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. instead to just model that we want to be healthy. And it's funny because... Yeah, cause, I think that's great. Yeah, and I, it's funny because in preparing for this, I started thinking like, gosh, because there's so many statistics, you know, these girls, over half the girls around the world have don't have high body self-esteem. Like 70% of girls, by the time they hit 16, think they have ugly bodies. Eight out of 10 girls don't want to socialize with people because they think their bodies are so gross. It's just mm-hmm. so sad. I started thinking, do my girls feel like that? But um, it's just, it's, it's never been something that's an issue with them, so thankfully so far anyways, yeah. but, um, anyway, sorry, go ahead. Well, and, and just to side <clears> note, <throat> it really affects everybody. I mean, whether you're, you're actually fat or super skinny, I Absolutely. mean, it can affect anyone. So, um, so, and also just really quick, another statistic is that, um, 50 to 80% of the girls who are at risk for anorexia or bulimia, um, are the one it's, it's like, it can be genetic. Like you can get it from, I'm not get it, but like, you see behaviors that you might model for your, you know, the young girls can see behaviors and, and follow those. So that's why these tips are kind of important. Wait, so um, I'm sorry, you're saying it's genetic, I, I, not something that they are learning socially, but something that is just in, inherited in their genes well, from their parents? It, that's what this, this statistic was saying, like wow. the behaviors. Um, and I think <laughs> that's more because um, it also says 30 to 50% of anorexia patients have, like, it's called comorbid mood disorder which is like 
depression and anxiety. So mm. those things can be inherited from your parents right. and can lead to behaviors like anorexia and bulimia. That's interesting. So, That's interesting. Okay. Okay. So the other tip I have is don't own a scale. I think it's important that I, I know some people are really uh, um, attached to sca- having a scale around just for, but I think young girls see that and they, they, they model that behavior, like look, stepping on the scale every day um, is not good for anyone's psyche, really, because it, it, it says that you have to be a certain number. Mm-hmm. And um, um, uh, I, that's interesting that you say that about scale. We've, I've always had a scale, and I guess like in that way, as an adult, I still struggle with, um, with body image. Um, you know, I'm always, it's, it's a struggle for me not to think of myself as, as overweight, which is mm-hmm. dumb. I'm not overweight, but, you know, when the fashion industry starts plus sizes at a, a U.S. size 8, then being a size 6, it feels like, oh my gosh, I'm practically overweight. But um, So I've always had a scale, but yeah, I keep it in, for those of you who hear that and think, oh, I can't not have a scale, um, I keep it in my in my bathroom, so it's not something the kids see, it's not something that's a part of their life. Um, anyways, yeah. yeah. No, so I whatever. Think that's a common thing. I, mean, I think a lot of women have scales <clears throat> in their house, and it's, you know, um, I'm not saying you're bad. I just think that, um, especially girls that are more prone towards obsessing, you know, that was a big thing for me. Like I, that's true. That could would, be a warning sign. If you see yes, your daughter on that a absolutely. lot. Absolutely. Yeah. If your if your daughter is, is constantly worrying about the number on the scale, that's a big warning. sign. Right. Yeah. And you're right. If I saw my 16 year old getting on the scale every day, I would think that's ridiculous because she's right. 16 and she's healthy and she's thin and She's like a tiny twig. It would be ridiculous if she was doing that. That would be a warning sign. You're right. Yeah. And really, what is a pound or two? Like, as if you look at your daughter uh, and from, like, one week to the next, and maybe she gains two pounds, you wouldn't see that on her. No. Nobody would see that on her. Yeah. But if you look at a scale and you see two two numbers up, like, your, you know, your young daughter is obsessing over that, you know that's a problem. Yeah. So, um Okay, so the next thing... Oh, wait, can I just uh, say one thing about oh, that yeah. also? I think I think something that is helpful if you do have a scale is don't weigh yourself every day. I think, um, like you're saying, if you are weighing yourself every day, it can be really easy to just get obsessed with those minor fluctuations. Um, and I think something that's good for detachment about that is um, weigh yourself once a week. If you really want to keep the scale, weigh yourself just once a week. And that'll give you a sense of, a general sense of, am I healthy? Am I doing okay? Am I, you know, not eating enough maybe? Or something like that, that your um, weight fluctuations should stay within, you know, a five pound range. And um, that would, I think, be a a more detached way of of keeping an eye on your weight. I'm still going to push for no scale at all. Unless you're like really, you know, like you have a lot of weight to lose and you're, you're, you know, you're on this weight loss trajectory where it's like you need to get more healthy and like you know you're you're weighing yourself once a week to see if it you know you're doing the right things to help your body to get healthy but in general I would I'm going to stick to I don't think you need to have a scale at all okay so. well I think we can agree <laughs> we, to disagree <laughs> yes yeah, exactly as long okay, as you're yeah so, I think as long as you're being healthy about it and you're you don't see your kids obsessing over it anyways yes, go ahead yeah exactly okay so my next thing and I think I already mentioned this is really to encourage and teach our daughters that are you know, the body is the temple of the soul and we should treat it as that all of the time. And, um, you know, that can be with our clothes that we choose to wear and how we choose to feed our body and the exercise that we choose to do. Everything should be really like, um, 
treating our body exceptionally well. I mean, not obsessing over the, you know, on the other side, but my point is, is that, um, this is a gift to us from God and, um, starving ourselves is not treating this gift well. No. And I, it's funny you say that because I was just thinking about that this morning. Um, you know, I, I always make breakfast for my kids in the morning and today I made them steel cut oats and my son and my, one of my kids, I won't say who, but one of my kids uh, was complaining and said, you know, well, if you really want to eat breakfast, you should make something that tastes good. And I got really mad because steel cut oats take a really long time to make. And it was such, and I got, I got on him because you're being really ungrateful when you complain about this gift that's been given to you. And that's exactly what we're doing when we just look at our bodies and we think, oh, my, my hips are too big. My rear is too big. My, my, you know, whatever, my boobs are too big or whatever it is you're complaining about. Instead to look at yourself and remember that you have been made with love, that you have been made special and unique and amazing and I, kn- I know one of the things that they recommend if you struggle with body image is to look at yourself and, you know, say how awesome you are. But I think look at yourself and, and think of how thankful you are for this great yeah. gift and don't complain about it. Don't be like that. Don't be like that kid this morning. It's complaining about very, very fancy oatmeal. Smack. <laughs> An emotional verbal smack. <laughs> yeah. We are not a parenting podcast. <laughs> That's right. No, I think that's, that's really great. Um, okay. So the next one I have is, um, you know, try to talk to your daughters about the feelings that they come up. If you, you know, see them looking in the mirror a little funny or like I said, changing their clothes a lot of times or, um, you know, you can bring things up and try cause we are women and we know what that feels like and just try to kind of bring it out of them a little bit if they're having a hard time and just talk about the feelings because feelings are not fact and feelings are not, um, sometimes not very actual at all, but mm-hmm. they are there and they're real. And, but we, sh- we need to talk about them and help them to learn how to talk about them instead of, you know, um, stuffing them down or just trying to get rid of them in other ways. Um, I think it's really important to talk to our daughters. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think um, that's definitely true, and um, and you know, and I think of what you're saying also about you know looking at themselves too much. I think that you reach a certain age where you certainly become aware of yourself so much more. I think sometimes it can be helpful to maybe get rid of mirrors in the bedroom too. You know, um, yeah. spend less time. Stop just that that distraction of yourself, um, and 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 such a superficial part of yourself. Um, yeah, and I think. Um, you know, especially for, for young girls, be more than just this exterior. Don't let the exterior become all of who you are. Uh, and Mm -hmm. remember that as what Krista was saying, you know, the body is just the temple of the spirit that what that means also is we want to feed that spirit. That's the prime, that primarily is who we, we really are. So whatever your strengths might be. So like one of my daughters is really into soccer. So that gave her so much confidence and um, so much um, strength and, and ambition in wanting to be really good at this that she didn't obsess about. Uh, she didn't have the time or the energy to sit and obsess about about her body. Yeah, absolutely. Actually, that was one of my my next tips is just to help them, like you said, develop their talents and teach them to um, really work on those and put their effort into that so they're not you know just sitting around with nothing to do thinking about themselves. Right. And also with that, teach them to, to serve others. Because I really think yeah. that that is where 
you know, true happiness lies and where self-obsession is kind of defeated is when we um, learn to serve others. And I, I've said, I, I said to my sister-in-law one time that I really think my really getting over my eating disorder completely didn't happen until I became a mother. And um, because it, it's kind of a self-obsessed it's, it's a self-obsessed disorder and when you can direct your energy towards something outside of yourself and others and serving you know that can be really um such a good thing for young women mm -hmm. yeah, yeah I think that's definitely true and it's I, I think it's a one of the blessings of having a large family is it's really yeah. hard to be <laughs> self-obsessed there's not you know and and if you do start to have um you know become too obsessed with yourself you know brothers are really great for for making you realize you've got to get over yourself <laughs> and yeah. younger siblings too. You know, you just, you don't have the, the time or the energy as much. You, you have to be a part of this and you have to be giving. Um, and if you don't have that, I, I think, you know, I remember when I was in college, I would um, volunteer at the nursing home or one of my daughters, you know, got really involved with the, um, uh, you know, helping unborn babies and volunteering at the, at the clinics. Um, those are things that I think, like you're saying, can really get you outside of yourself and help you to realize, gosh, there's so many more important things. And I, I think, so I, I, you know, I think backing up just a minute, I, I, for young girls to develop these interests outside of themselves, but I think for mothers also, we have a responsibility to model that. And I think for ourselves too, you know, I know as, as I get older, it, you have to work harder to, to look good, you know, as you get older, looking in the mirrors, less pleasant than it was when I was 20. Um, and it takes more time and energy just to kind of like, oh, that's pretty good. I guess that's, that's okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, but you know, again, take time out for, for the things that you're really passionate about. Um, mm -hmm. so it can be so easy, I think, to get busy and, and be doing all these different things. And we want to make sure that we make time for, take time for reading, take time. Like I love to knit, take time for, for exercise, things that that make you feel good, that make you feel enriched. Take time out for that. You know, take time for prayer. Um, just yeah. that quiet reflection that is that makes you more than just this busy bee who is trying to fit into, you know, two sizes too small. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And I think, you know, um, another thing is to, to teach them to take care of themselves, um, right. not go overboard, but it's important that they, they really develop a habit of, you know, um, putting themselves together in the morning and taking a shower and washing their hair and right. all of these things, you know, to, to really put your best foot forward because that's going to help you to, to feel your best and, um, not to obsess and go overboard, you know, with an hour to get ready or whatever, but, um, that that's, that's a priority and that's important to, um, help yourself to look, look good and present yourself well and, and also help your daughter to develop her sense of style and mm -hmm. to develop what she, likes as her clothing style and help her to pick out great things and don't feel like that's just a superficial thing that you don't need to be worrying about because it actually isn't because if you don't help her do that then she's going to look to the magazines and she's going to look to the internet and she's going to exactly. look to pinterest and just she won't really have a guide um she'll just you know and the fashion right now for young girls i think is kind of atrocious so right. You know, I think it's our responsibility to kind of help guide them in that way. Right. Yeah, no, and I was thinking when I was preparing for this that, uh, you know, I think the, the modern fashion trends really lend to this huge increase in, in um, body issues that you were talking about at the beginning. That It's gone up over 100%. I don't know what the time frame was for that. But, you know, I think as clothes become more and more body revealing, of course, 
the natural consequence to that is we're going to become more and more body conscious. We're more aware yeah. of our flaws because, uh, you know, there's this great TED talk by Cameron Russell, who's this beautiful model, but she was saying, you know, and she's tall and lanky and gorgeous. And she was saying, you know, models are the most insecure people in the world. Um, and yeah. they're the ones that you would think, because I think there's sort of like this unconscious mindset that we have that, oh, if I was thinner, I would be happier. If I had shinier hair, I'd be happier. And I think that actually that's not the case. In fact, um, most of these, these women, once you get there, you're still so aware of, of your flaws and your, 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 your body and your, your issues. Um, but you know, and that's why I think for us, one of the reasons we wanted to start this is it's not about trying to look perfect. It's taking what we have and trying to look good, trying to look beautiful, you know, making what we have look better. So, um, and really, um, taking what God gave us, like you said, and really, um, you know, helping ourselves to feel our best and look our best and, um, doing that with just, you know, not an over obsessiveness, but just with just the right amount of love. And, um, that's, yeah, that's why we wanted to start this for sure. Right. Yeah. Um, So you can go forward and do your best (laughs) without having to obsess about it all day. Just let it go. (laughs) Yeah. Um, so, I mean, we can, let's also talk about, um, I, we wanted to talk about some tips for, you know, women, not, not necessarily teenagers, just women our age or younger, um, but just not that, um, just to help with body image, you know, cause every day we all struggle with little things, whether you're big or small, um, that, you know, are, are imperfections and we're human. So we, we struggle with body image and we're women, um, so we, we wanted to offer some tips for just everyday things. And, um, my first tip, uh, uh, you, you probably may have this too, Nicole, but I think it's so important for women, um, to, to buy clothes that fit your body right now. So, um, you know, instead of thinking like, oh, I'm not going to buy any clothes, any new clothes until I'm 10 pounds lighter. I'm just gonna, cause I don't want to go and spend money on clothes until I'm 10 pounds lighter. I think that's a negative way to view yourself and it it also just creates negative um, thoughts all of the time because Mm -hmm. um, it's not that you want to go out and spend, you know, $500 on clothes at the size that you don't want to be, but even if you're you're planning on losing like 20 pounds or or getting fit after you have a baby or something, it's so important to go and get a few things that you like that fit you right now Mm -hmm. because that's going to create in yourself uh, a... more positive view on yourself and just every day you won't be obsessing about how you feel because you'll feel good. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe you, you, you do want to lose 10 pounds, but at least right now, um, today and for the next few weeks, you're going to feel good in your clothes right now. Mm-hmm. And, and I think also when we have that kind of, um, thought process, what we're doing is punishing ourselves. Yes, uh, and absolutely. you shouldn't punish yourself because of life circumstances, whatever that might be, you know, this is, this is who you are. And part of it is embracing ourselves and maybe asking ourselves, why are, why are you trying to lose that 10 pounds? Is that, is that even a realistic thing? Like maybe we need to embrace it. You look good the way you are now and don't let a number or, you know, the fashion industry dictate to you what you should or should not be wearing. Um, Yeah. And I think that's, that's a really good point, Nicole. Like, why are you trying to lose the 10 pounds? Um, is it going to really change your life that much? Is it going to make your husband love you more? Right. Is it going to make your friends love you more? No, probably not. It's not going to change anything except maybe how you feel about yourself. But 
if that means, you know, having to forego every dessert for the next two months and not get to enjoy life, is it really, is it really worth it? Is it really that important? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, um, that's a really, yeah, that's a really good point. Um, another fashion tip that I have is, um, wearing things that are going to flatter your body the way that it is now. So, uh, we talked before about, um, body shape, uh, and dressing for your, your body shape. So, you know, if you, if you have, if you carry more weight on your hips, don't wear skinny jeans. Like if you, if you are heavier up on top, like don't wear a crop top or something like that. Like basically dress in a way that's going to be more figure flattering and beautiful, um, as opposed to wearing something just because it's the trend or it's current or it's something that you have in your closet. Um, yeah, that's a really good point. Um, we both have, uh, well, I can think of off the top of my head, two friends that, um, you know, are, are on the more curvier side, but they dress themselves so beautifully and mm-hmm. so well. It's just, it's really all about the way you carry yourself and, and the confidence you have and how comfortable you are in your own skin. And if you, so that's a really good point. Dressing for how your body is right now um, is just so important. And mm-hmm. people don't, aren't going to, aren't going to see what you think. They're going to see like, oh, that little flaw there, that little flaw there. They're right. just going to say, oh, wow, you know, what a beautiful woman. What mm-hmm. a beautiful woman. She carries herself so well. Right. Just a moment. Yeah. And I think, I think that helps also to think in terms of when you look at yourself, you look at yourself so much more critically than your friends look at you or other people look at you. Think about how you look at your friends. Do you look at your friends and think, you know, oh, her, her arms are too fat or, you know, her face is too wrinkly or something like that? No. You look at your friends and you love your friends and you think of them with joy and with thankfulness. Yes. So, um, mm-hmm. um, I think that, I think this has been a really great topic and I'm, I'm really thankful that we had a chance to talk about this. Today, Krista, I know I can hear there's stuff going on in your background. So, and I know we've gone a little long, so I, I apologize for that, everybody. But um, I just really felt like this was such an important topic, and I'm I'm really thankful that we were able to discuss this today. So, um, moving forward, I think we just both would really want you to. I hope that this was helpful, and to remember to uh, love yourself and be thankful for what you've been given, and to focus on. You know, finally, I think our, our my final fashion tip would be. Just have a beautiful smile. Smile more. Spend more time thinking positive thoughts and being grateful and having a great smile. And that can go a long way to improving your look significantly. Yeah, so. absolutely. And um, thank you, Nicole. That was really, that's really great. And uh, also just, you know, be gentle with yourselves and yes. don't be so hard on yourself. And, um, you know, I, I think that we, we, as we women, you know, just are too hard on ourselves. And hopefully this was helpful for all of you. And we're happy to um, be here and we will see you all next time or talk to you all next time. So thank you so much. And um, we will see you again next time. All right. Bye. Bye.